Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to FaceTime. Um, this is season two, episode three. I'm joined with Sam Nelson, yeah, hello. Colin Anderson, and I am Luke Stockel. Today we are going to be talking about military. All right, so uh, starting off, actually, no, we'll, we'll uh, wait for the, the quote in a little bit. But uh, how about Sam? How about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Sam Nelson. Oh. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I recently enlisted in the Marine Corps about, I want to say, maybe three and a half months ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, what pertains to the military, that's what I got. So All right, so, uh, Colin? <clears throat> well, um, I am not enlisted because, unlike Sam, my parents are not going to sign off to let me enlist, so I need to wait till I turn 18, so about six, seven months, I'll be able to enlist. That's about all there is pertaining to military for yep. me. Yep. All right. And Sam, you're enlisting, or you're actually shipping, where are you? I'm shipping you? out, I ship out July 20th of next year, and I go to San Diego, California for boot camp. All right, so we're seniors now in high school, so that's going to be about a month and a half after our graduation. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. Mm-hmm. And Colin, do you know when will you be going with him? It depends on uh, how things work out because Sam and I are <clears throat> supposed to be doing the buddy enlistment program, um, but I don't know how that's going to work out. Well, it's still that's still a thing. We're still in it, but since I'm not enlisted, I'm not sure if we'll be shipping out at the same time or if his ship out date is going to get pushed back to match mine. Well, that yeah, what they'll happen. probably do is they'll probably like adjust it, like accommodate yeah. it to whatever and then we'll ship out together. Yeah. So, whenever he ships out, I'll ship out. Um it might be later than July 20th or yeah, or earlier. Or earlier. I mean, as of now, I ship out July 20th, but since we're in the buddy list, we ship out whenever now. So, yeah. All right. Um uh, as for me, as far as military goes, um, so I'm interested in the Naval Academy. Um, that's my plan A, but plan B would be um, Purdue University and doing uh, Navy ROTC there. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, let's go to that quote. So it's uh, John F. Kennedy. I'm, Sam, I'm sure you know this one. Um, it's ask not what your country can do for you, there but you what you can, you can do for do your country. For your uh, yeah, and what does that mean to you guys? Uh I, for me, it means before you take anything from America or use, you know, its goods and services, whatever, you need to serve it first. That's, that, that's, how I, that's how I look at it. Before you take advantage of it, you need to serve it first, earn your stripes, then you can start taking from it. Um, I'm not entirely sure how well that quote applies to our present day because that was a long time ago, or for us it was a long time ago. And at that time, you know, they wanted a bigger military and they wanted more people in it. Yeah. But I I do think there's a lot of merit behind that quote because I I believe personally that a lot of people should serve their country because like Sam said, it's it's just not right to go using your using your country's services without doing anything for your country. Right. It just doesn't make sense. What I mean by that, like taxpayer money. Taxpayer like money. That those like social security, you know, th- those kind of like safety net things. Before you use any of those, you need to serve it first so you earn it. And that's just how I feel about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, 
Um, I think that's one of the great things about our country. I mean, obviously the the price of freedom is high, but for me, like I'm I'm willing to pay that. Um, yeah, and like you said, that's something that you have to you have to earn it. It's something that you 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 kind of have to pay it before you can use it. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, Sam, I think one time you told me that some some girl, maybe I don't know if it was in your class or something, was like offended by you going into the Marines. Oh no, it was some chick at Sweetwater. Oh yeah, some yeah. random person came up to me. And I don't think it's a good idea for you to join the Marine Corps. And uh, so I went up and talked to her. I wasn't gonna like just walk away. And the she just was trying to get me to not join because she thought it was a. She's like, so many people come out messed up and everything. I'm like, well, that, that's not why I'm joining. That's not the point. I'm not afraid of that. Like, that's the sacrifice you're making when you, you sign up, when you enlist. So you you know these things before you go in. It's just a different mindset that people have when they're enlist or going into any military branch. So it it didn't really affect me. She didn't change my mind, right. obviously. So yeah. yeah, I just kind of brushed it off. Yeah. Um, I feel like there can be some, sometimes there can be those people that it's not exactly <coughs> like that, but it could be even like more extreme. Like they think like the military is the devil. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's people like that around. Uh, yeah, sure. but they're stupid. They don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. No, I'm dead serious. They, they have no clue. Okay, they, they don't, they take everything for granted. Like especially I, I, all these people, even in school during like the moment of silence, like I see these people are just, you know, blabbing their mouths off or doing whatever, not, you know, using the time to what it's meant for. They take it for granted. They don't understand it. I agree with that. And I, like you said, I see people. I remember one time in my homeroom when we were doing the Pledge of Allegiance, like nobody was saying it. And it was, I don't know, it was like, it wasn't because they're trying to protest or anything it was just because they're just being annoying they just don't care they just don't care and that's one of those things they just take it for granted and that's just that's just not right i mean even locally like me and my dad uh this morning we went to the police memorial and the fireman's memorial downtown we looked at all these names and he was listing off yeah this guy got shot at a traffic stop traffic stop this guy had a heart attack at a traffic stop you know stuff like that and i was like it, it like it hit me, you know, close to home because that's you know what my dad, my dad's a police officer, mm-hmm. so it's like even locally, it's very dangerous and people don't respect police officers nowadays. No respect for authority at all. There's absolutely no respect, especially for police officers. Right. Oh, Ex- yeah. yeah. The hashtag F12. Yeah. That's going around. That's very popular, and yep. I think it's incredibly disrespectful and rude. I yeah. think I think police officers get hated on way too much. It's a really tough job nowadays, and mm-hmm. sure, there are, there are a few bad apples, but that's all you hear about in the news nowadays. Yeah, the, You only hear about the bad stories. You never hear about the millions of times traffic stops went well. And that, that applies to the military as well, especially on the, the left side and, and on the right. It's, it's on both sides. Yeah. Um, the media will focus on isolated incidents that are carried out by one or two people who just maybe aren't right in the head or maybe yep. are just not happy and they make a bad decision and do something horrible. And the media will focus on those and use that as fuel and they will take those incidents and generalize them and they make it seem like an entire service is wrong. Yeah. Like with police officers, you see videos all the time on social media where a police officer might shoot somebody unarmed or something. Yeah. And looking at it from your subjective standpoint and you're just watching the video on your phone, you're like, 
the officer shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have shot that person. But you don't know at all how it was going there on the ground. You have no idea right. if that person felt threatened or if the person that they shot maybe had a gun or was going to do something that would hurt other people. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Yeah. One thing that also annoys me about that, like the people that maybe are <clears throat> looking at it from a subjective point of view, they don't really understand what the police officer is going through because all those officers are putting their lives on the line in that moment. And that's just, that's, that, that'll scare you. Like, yeah, no, it's a, that job, it's not like how it used to be is how my, my dad puts it. It's not old school where every, you know, you listen to the police officer, you know, it's, there's old, like, there's no more old school anything anymore because nobody has respect for authority and everybody is uh, like complaining about like, you know, obviously there is police brutality and stuff like that, but yeah, nobody, Nobody has respect for them anymore. Mm-hmm. That's all they hear is all the bad stuff. So. Yeah, going off of like, yeah, that's all you hear. Like that's and that's kind of how my my probably my mom and my grandparents are. Like, obviously, <laughs> they support me going into the military, but yeah, you know, all they hear about is someone getting shot in the Middle East. Somebody well, comes back with PTSD. Somebody comes back that. with PTSD, and like you know, I'm willing to go through that, but. The thing is, like, that stuff is a lot less common than it was when my grandpa was old enough to serve. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I mean, back then, you know, in World War II, you know how many people died then? Yeah. And now Millions. it's, like, just not – you can't compare those two. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's an old fact. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the you were, you were saying that your – you wait. You said your grand when your grandpa was yeah, old enough. Yeah, when he was old enough to. Serve. He didn't. He didn't serve, did he? No, I think he had a he had a bad knee, so he couldn't. Yeah, that's right. And neither did your grandpa's brother. No, doesn't, well, doesn't he have a disability now? Or yeah, that one he didn't serve either. But their uh, their youngest brother is probably quite a bit younger. They have probably I think it's eight of them. So they have a lot of siblings. But the, so the youngest brother actually served in Vietnam. Oh, okay. And I think now he, um, <coughs> remember, the, remember uh, Agent Orange? Yeah. Now was around. Yeah. yeah, I think he got affected by that. Yeah. Oh, so I yeah. Think he, he might I'm have sure leukemia now. That's, I think Very that's what your grandpa was telling me. He was, yeah, he might I was talking to your grandpa the other day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, speaking of grandfathers, I know Sam and I, we each had a grandfather who served in Korea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather, he bottled gas for pretty much everything. Um, he didn't talk about it much, but he bottled gas. I figured this out through my dad and through reading some of the stuff that he brought back. Yeah. He bottled gas for um, airplanes and pilots because air support was a lot more common than compared to mm-hmm. World War II. It was, it was booming. It was coming out. It was used a lot more frequently than in World War II. Yeah. So it was like the heyday, sort of, and he bottled gas essentially for these pilots, and he he served in the army, and he didn't talk about it much, like I said, but the one thing he did say was that everywhere they went, they walked. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Was, yeah, they're humping everywhere, everywhere. And yeah, it was brutal, and he he still has or he had his boots from the army, and he he kept them by the dinner table, never moved them the entire time he was alive. Um. I know Sam, your grandpa had a, a lot different experience, but yeah, they're both in the the same country in the same area, yeah. probably not too far away from each other. Yeah, no, yeah. But 
I know a lot of people talk about, you know, these veterans come home from the wars and they're all messed up and they're not happy and everything just weighs on their minds. And yes, that happens. But like with my grandpa, he came back and he went right back into farming and being in the war, it didn't bother him. He didn't avoid it. He just didn't particularly want to talk about it because it wasn't a big deal. Understandable. Yeah. It just wasn't a big deal. Right. Back then it was a lot more common to serve and you would come back and it was, it was just kind of same way without being said. Yeah. Right. You served. Right. It wasn't, wasn't a big deal. Very common. Yeah. I, well, to go off on a more personal note for me, uh, my grandfather was in the Marine Corps for 33 years and he initially was in Panama Canal before the Korean War started. And then he got, um, he got shipped off to Korea to uh, Pusan Perimeter. And uh, he, he served there in Korea, and then he went to uh, the Frozen Chosen. Horrible. Yeah, 120,000 Chinese you know, soldiers it was surrounded that. It's a, it's, a, it's a reservoir. The largest battle of the Korean War, and it was right. horrible. Yeah, it was awful. There was, there was frostbite and you know, a lot of stuff. But uh, personally, he was my uh, inspiration to join the Marine Corps. He kind of raised me that way when I hung around him a lot as a kid. So, yeah. All right. So for me personally, um, my grandpa Stockle, uh, I I don't think you guys ever met him. No. But yeah, he no. he lived in Michigan. Um, he he passed away when I was probably in the fifth grade. Um, but he he was in the Air Force and he served during Korea too. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I I don't really know everything he did. I know he was. I think he maybe refueled planes. I think that's what he did. But like uh, on the ground or. I don't know if it was on the know. ground or in the air. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't because I don't know. Probably on the ground. I don't know when. The yeah, they, they didn't have yeah. technology that advanced. Probably. Yeah. 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 Um, but I remember my grandma Stockel told me that he always regretted not trying to go to the Air Force Academy. Yeah. And you know, instead he just enlisted. So. Um, I think that's one of the things that inspired me to, you know, go to the next level and yeah. go into the academy. Yeah, that's right. awesome, yeah. All right, so uh, that's going to wrap up the first part of this episode. Um, stay tuned for the next one. Welcome back. This is part two of the military episode. All right, so... Sam, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So uh, the process of enlisting is a uh, it's a really kind of crazy thing, I would say. Uh, first, I guess Colin got our recruiter's numbers. Don't ask how. And uh, yeah, I don't know how. You don't want to know. <laughs> well, you got it. <laughs> and to do a lot of favors. Colin. And I uh, put him in contact with Sam. Yes. And uh, Sergeant called me on the phone one day, and at first I didn't pick up because, you know, unknown number. And then I uh, got a call again, and I pick up the phone. Hello? Yeah, this is the Marine Corps recruiter's office. Yeah. I hung up, actually. <laughs> and then he tried to follow you on Facebook. No. And then he <laughs> called me again, and I picked up this time because it was a different number. They're sneaky. Yeah. I picked up. Hello? Hi, this is Staff Sergeant. But then you, you called and then I talked to and him. And then I talked right? to him. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about why I wanted to join, what I wanted to do, how high school was going, just, you know, basic stuff like that. And um, then I texted him for a while, and we agreed to meet and talk more about the options. Yeah. And he's a real, real tricky guy. 
He said, mm-hmm. hey, we can meet wherever you want. We can go to Starbucks or a park or something and just sit down and have a talk. And I was like, all right, that sounds good. And um, I don't really know what happened, but a couple <laughs> weeks later, <laughs> uh, Sam and I were sitting in a recruiter's office. Yeah, so we were sitting in the recruiter's office, and there we, there we went. And uh, He's got this thick book. It's about huge this, book. this <laughs> big, okay? Cool. About that big. It's about... It's about, uh, it's about uh, this tall, this <laughs> and it's got all the MOSs in there, and there's a lot of MOS. Military occupational specialty. It's job. basically your job, but yeah. it's got a number, so it's cooler than a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we flipped through that and just looked at MOSs and talked about what we wanted to do and talked about the buddy enlistment program. Uh, then we left. It, but by the way, that whole process took about three hours. Did not feel like three hours, but it no, was. it it took forever. Yeah. It felt like three hours to me. We went back to a different recruiter's office, same recruiter, just different office. Yeah, and filled out some medical forms and took a practice. It was a pre-screening. Ad, pre-screening. It was That's a pre-screening. Called. You just have to answer all these questions before you go to Meps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we both took the practice. I'll let you take the wheel. Okay, we we both took the practice ASVAB. Um, that day, yeah, and then we exchanged numbers. So he had my number, he had Colin's number, and then like a few weeks later, I think I went to go talk to him t- with my parents to uh, since I was I'm 17 to sign the parental consent form. Which since I'm underage, they have to do it so I can enlist. All it says is that now I have the option whether to enlist or not. So um, yeah, we did that. And then they set up a date for me for MEPS, which MEPS stands for Military Interest Processing Station. It's like a big federal building where it's a bunch of medical tests. and For all branches. Not yeah, just no, yeah, branches. just all, all yeah. branches. And uh, you take the ASVAB there, at least I did. Um, yeah, but anyway. It's also like, a, it's pretty <clears throat> much a physical, right? Like yeah, it's, it's a, is a, it's a very intensive in, in depth. Um, so for me personally, a lot of people don't really understand what the academies are. And really, it's just like going into any other four year college, except it still has that military aspect to it where you're pretty, you pretty much have a very strict schedule every day and you have to wear your uniforms everywhere. Yeah. And it's just a very strict environment. All right. Well, you're learning how to do a very intricate job, though. Mm-hmm. You're you're you're, going... you're becoming an officer. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're also getting like one of the best educations in the country. Yeah. It's a <laughs> giant responsibility, though, being an officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a it's a tough job being an officer. It's going to be brutal because if you're an officer and you don't know exactly what you're doing, you're not going to be an effective officer. And the military <laughs> and the government don't want to spend money and time training you to be an officer if you're not going to be a great officer. Well, yeah, so that's why it's going to be so brutal. And that's why know? it's also so rigorous, just the application pro- yeah. process. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's, it takes a lot to even get in the school, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. going into the military, whether as an officer or just an enlisted, you are an investment to the government, and they want to make sure that they're going to get their money's worth out of you. You're a huge investment to the government. Very large. Like, ju- like Mondo. It's a lot, of, yeah. Mondo. Mondo. A lot of a lot of money goes into you know training. Even just sending people to maps, like I was saying, costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's a whole medical evaluation for free to yeah. you. But mm-hmm. um, join the military, get free stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Speaking of free stuff, well, it's not necessarily free. You have to serve. But um, 
and the <laughs> GI Bill, free tuition. Right, and I, I was going to say that GI. you have to you have to serve you know four years active duty, at least in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. to get your you know your GI Bill plus four years reserves. Yeah, so you're yeah. In, so it's eight years total mm-hmm. that you're in. Mm-hmm. For the Marine Corps, I don't know about other branches. It might be the same, but uh, yeah. So um, w- once you serve your four years, when you're in the reserves, you can start going to college or doing what you want to do, because you only I think you PT, PT like once a month on a weekend. On a weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then you might go in the field throughout the year. Yeah, a maybe throughout the year, maybe for a, a couple week weeks. Yeah. yeah, but um, anyway, you get. It's like $180,000 college tuition plus mm-hmm. paid living. So paid li- depending on where you are, they adjust it based on the price per living average in whatever country and state you're in. Yeah, well, state. I don't, state. Stitty. Not stitty. <laughs> County, state, depending on your area, they will adjust your living expenses to fit that. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll pay, yeah, they'll pay yeah. you more for whatever it costs to live there. Like if you live in California, they're going to pay you a lot more per month to live there than they are in Indiana. But the catch, you have to have at least a, um, what is it? I think it's a C plus. C plus average. Which is an 80 in the Marine Corps, which I think is an 80 at Carroll, right? C plus? Yeah. 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 So you have to maintain a C plus average or else you don't get tuition and living expenses. So yeah, you have to do good in school, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's a it's a it's a great gig. I mean, you could go wherever you want in the country, and you pay in-state tuition no matter which state you're in. Right, and they, they you know, they give you you know cost of, cost of living, cost of living expenses. So uh, it's pretty easy to focus on what you need to do. You don't have to worry about having a job, and mm-hmm. you know your parents paying college. You know, it's all taken care of. But on the plus side, if you want more money, you can just pick up a job on the side. You don't need to work insane hours to pay for college and living because you're still getting paid that. Right. It's a and good gig. I'll have to ask our recruiter, but uh, I don't know. Because I know when I was at MEPS, when I was signing my contract, I also wrote my will and with the contract. So I wrote my will and I said, I want all this college tuition money to go to my parents. Mm-hmm. So if I die or if I don't use that, I don't know what happens if I don't use it. I have, I'll have to ask him about that. But uh, if I die, that money will go to my parents. So it's not just you – don't, you don't just get to not have it if you decide not to go to college, I, I think. I'll have to check. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good gig all around. So, mm-hmm. But the major differences between the military and college is that the military is it's way more structured. They, you have someone telling you what to do every single thing, twenty four seven. Especially when you're in boot camp. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you to put your left leg in your, you know, your left pant leg, your right leg in your right pant leg, do your belt up, stuff like that. So they'll tell you how to do everything exactly. They give you structure, right? And I think that's a very good thing because if you serve first and then go to college, you're still going to keep a lot of that structure. Yeah, you're not going to do everything the same. You're not going to get up every morning and run. Miles. Well, it depends, you know, if you want to. Yeah, but I mean, for the most part, some people really grasp that and yeah. hang on to that. But either way, you're going to get a lot of structure, and that's going to be very good for college because when you're in college, obviously, there's not somebody telling you what to do every second of every. Minute. Which, in a way, is a little bit harder. But yeah, because it it doesn't. If you go into college without going into the service, unless you really worked your butt off in high school, 
you're going to have a hard time finding the motivation to get all your assignments done and yeah. everything you need to do because college is not like high school. Teachers aren't going to remind you all the time when there's They do not care. They don't care at all. They're yeah. making money whether you pass the class or not. Right. Yeah, they, they, they couldn't care less. You don't even have to go to class if you don't want. Yeah, but when you were saying that, uh, like, to me, college and the military are kind of two different animals, mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to compare. Like, college is a lot harder in the sense that you're your own. You have to police yourself yeah. on uh, school work mm -hmm. and going mm -hmm. to class and uh, being responsible, not, mm -hmm. you know, especially at IU, like going to parties all the time <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in, the, in the military, it's what you're actually doing, I would say, is more stressful Definitely. Like uh, 100%. physically stressful. And I, I would say, you know, maybe mentally, mentally I would say it's just as yeah. stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Probably but, even emotionally. Yeah. Just like because of all the stress. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. It's harder in that sense. But yeah. They're definitely different beasts, but I think the military before college is a good option because it will teach you structure and it will teach you discipline. motivation and discipline. Right. And then you can, you can apply that to college and that'll make it it will not necessarily easier, but you definitely won't be as challenged starting out as people who graduate high school and go right to college, which mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that at yeah. all. It's a very good idea to pursue higher education, and it definitely pays sure. off in the future. Yeah. But it's a personal choice whether you want to. It all depends on what you want to do. Because mm -hmm. one thing that I really disagree with is when people say, yeah, I'm going to go to IU. And I ask, you know, what for? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I want it's to do. Idiotic. Why would you spend so much, like at mm -hmm. least a hundred grand going to a college that you don't even know what you want to do and switch your major six times while you're there? It's expensive and you're going to end up taking it's general classes. idiotic is what you're it not, is. It's you're not You're going to be wasting it. money and time, so much money. Mm -hmm. And it's just not worth it. It doesn't make sense. If you don't know what you're going to go to college for, then don't go yet. Yeah, time's a constant variable. Wise words of Mr. Norton. Mr. Yeah. Martin. Yeah. Learned a lot from him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you, if you're just, yeah, like you said, if you're wasting your time doing something you don't want to do, or if you get, if you go pursue, say, an engineering degree mm -hmm. and you get there and say you're a hands on person, but you're just behind a desk all day where you're going to toss that degree out and go do something else you want to do. And that degree and that hundred grand is worth nothing. Mm -hmm. So you got to know what you, you want to do. I mean, the way I see it, there's, four options after high school you can go to college you can go to um you, know, you can go go to a trade school yeah you can learn a trade mm -hmm. you can join the military or you can just get a job mm -hmm. that, that's that's just the way i see it and personally for me i think the military so what i want to do is four years enlisted and then four years reserves after my four years enlisted are up i'm going to either go to college or trade school i'm not sure yet which is why i want to join the military Right, Because it'll give me time to think it over and figure out what I really want to do with my life. Because like you were saying, I don't want to go to college not knowing what exactly I want to do. And I don't want to go to college and, like you said, be a hands-on learner and yeah. sit behind a desk all day. It's a waste of time and money, and it just yeah. makes no sense. Right. Um, Colin, do you know what your MOS is going going to be? Like, do you Have you decided? I am undecided as of now. Um, I would like to do some sort of mechanical engineering, mm -hmm. working with my hands. I think I, I would not have any problem in the world with working on Humvees or, like our recruiter does, works on planes. Avionics. Avionics, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have any problem doing that. All I know is that, personally, for me, I don't want to go infantry, which 
Sam is going infantry. Um, nothing wrong with that. It's just personally that's not for me. I'd like to at least learn something in the core that I can apply to life outside of the core. Because if I if I serve in the core doing mechanical engineering, say I'm working on hum, on Humvees. I can use that knowledge, and that'll help me if I go to a trade school for engineering. Right, it's applicable yeah. to the civilian world. Yeah, and there's there's yeah. plenty that's mm-hmm. applicable about infantry life, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. crapping on the infantry life, but that's just not for me. So personally, I would like to have some sort of engineering MOS. Didn't you say something about a combat engineer? Didn't combat you engineer. Want to do that? that? That would be a good mix because the infantry life is, you know, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to go infantry? Right. Yeah. Really. It's, you know, it's cool. Yeah. It's appealing. It's fun. Exciting. Yeah. It, there's no other experience like it in the world, I'm assuming. Yeah. But also, I like engineering, so I'd like to do that. Well, yeah. You know, th- the thing is about your engineering or you know doing anything like that is it's very applicable to the civilian world. Mm-hmm. So you like infantry, you got law enforcement and you got PMC, private mm-hmm. military contracting, and that's about it. If you if you're going infantry, but mm-hmm. for me I kind of chose infantry because I don't ha- I don't really have a passion in other areas like intelligence or avionics or yeah. you know engineering like mechanic you know stuff like that I, I really want to I really want to be a musician is what I want to mm-hmm. do or do anything in the music kind of realm education or whatever so mm-hmm. th- that's that's what I kind of want to do um, so I, and I, I know it doesn't apply. It doesn't connect. But it's what you, you know want what I to mean? do. It's just what I want to do. You feel called and you think that's the best option. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people who have gone, especially in the Marine Corps, and then are famous. Mm-hmm. Like Buddy Rich, he was in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaggy, you know, the guy who sings Boom Bostic. Mm-hmm. He, he was <laughs> yeah. in the Marine Corps. And uh, that one guy, uh, he was... Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle was in the Marine yeah. Corps. <laughs> Gomer Pyle, yeah. USMC. No, but uh, <laughs> oh, what's what's his name? The guy who played in Step Brothers, the oh. guy who was going like pow, oh yeah, pow pow, <laughs> pow pow, pow pow. Yeah, that guy he was a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. Yeah, the Marine Corps <laughs> can lead to acting careers. Pow pow. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how he does it. Okay. Anyway, so you can what. Well, what I'm saying is that you can do – you don't just have to be contained to one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's definitely how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do a lot of different yeah. things. Leave it open, yeah. Yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about what about you? What, what kind of job do you want to pursue? Uh, well, for me, uh, the Naval Academy is pretty much like one of the best engineering schools oh, in the country. Hands down. By far. Yeah. It's up there. It's like – it's on par with like um, – those Ivy League schools. It's a four hundred thousand um, dollar worth of edu- education. Edu- education, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, you know they they pretty much have all engineering. So I want to do um, aerospace engineering. You know, uh, designing planes and rockets, um, space shuttles, stuff like right. that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, That's probably where the money's at too, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can make amount. You can make it about a hundred, hundred grand, six a year. figures out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, and I know that there's jobs nice. in Fort Wayne with aerospace. Yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Def- you can even you could even like you know teach it too. I could. And if you ever wanted to, you could be a professor at some wherever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of options. Yeah, so I have, I have plenty of options. So, yeah, the Naval Academy is four years, and I'll get my degree, and then I have to serve five years of active duty. Brutal. 
And, <laughs> and who knows? I might um in the Navy, I might end up being a pilot. And if I do that, then that's an additional, probably additional four years. I think I oh, talked yeah. to one guy about it, and he was after the Naval Academy. I think he was in the Navy, um, flying Navy for, pilot. Yeah, for I think eleven years. Yeah, if you were a pilot, you could come out and you could be a pilot making six figures easy oh yeah easy. yeah heck if i wanted to i could be a pilot like in the Navy and then be a, yeah, yeah. yeah commercial airliner so i, I have plenty of options yeah yeah options open yeah especially um, you know after you serve yeah but that's i mean that's just if i make it into the naval academy right it's mm-hmm. a pretty big it's if. A big if yeah but if. if you apply yourself yeah i think you could do it yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Um, thanks for joining us on this episode of FaceTime. Um, oh, uh, a challenge, uh, a weekly challenge. Um, apply yourself. Another weekly challenge. Do 22 push-ups a day for the 22 uh, military members who commit suicide every day. Another weekly challenge. Stay hydrated. That's a big challenge. That is a big challenge. Yep. All right. Let's get to it. All right.